Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. We go through so much flight training as pilots. We come to pick up a lot of the language and acronyms and even use it in our day-to-day life for some crazy reason. Even I go down the road, and if it's foggy out, I say I'm driving IFR. But not everyone likes to use every acronym. And for a lot of people not surrounded by aviation to the extent some pilots are, it can be really confusing to understand the aviation lingo. So today, we're going to give you some clarity on a few of the aviation terms and how they're used and what they mean. Yeah, it's been it's been a kind of cloudy the last couple of days, and uh, Maddie sent me a text saying, "Hey, it's IFR," and I was like, "Great job, you you know it." <laughs> so let's start off with some of the acronyms that we use the most um, in our communications. You know, one of the ones I picked up and and I use quite a bit, a little bit to Brandon's you know dismay because I say it so much to him is uh, is Wilco will comply. I picked that one up from Brandon a couple years ago. And now I just say it relentlessly. Yeah. The the crazy thing about Wilco is I use it in text messages all the time to non-pilot people when they just want to tell me something and I just want to respond that, hey, I know. I just put Wilco and they they put question marks or like they press, they hold it down and comes up with a question mark. And I'm like, oh, I forgot. Not a pilot. I get it. But yeah, Wilco is probably one of my favorite uh, aviation terms. And I don't even think it's a, it's a, a major aviation term. I don't even know if it's in the aim, uh, but it's widely accepted and uh, I use it all the time. And it sounds like, unfortunately, you picked up my bad habit. Yeah, I pick up a lot of bad habits. Uh, that's what happens when you have Brandon as your CFI for a little bit. Thanks so much. So, <laughs> yeah, I typically just use this one uh, like a quick, I got it, j- just like you do. So I don't need to repeat any information. Um, something you can even use in the air and just reply back. Um, like when you're being told the weather when you're landing. It's not something you repeat back word for word like uh, caution wake turbulence would be. So you can just say, Wilco, like a thanks, I got it. And another one we use pretty frequently is VFR and IFR. So VFR refers to visual flight rules, and it just means that as a private pilot, it's something that you're able to fly in. And VFR, there's a couple of different you know uh, circumstances under which something can be VFR. And we refer to those as VFR weather minimums. So each airspace is a little bit different and each airspace has different limitations as far as what your, your VFR weather minimums can be. Um, so that VFR weather minimums refer to cloud clearance. So typically if you're in class echo airspace, which is a pretty free airspace, uh, you have to have visibility of five statuette miles and cloud clearance of thousand feet below thousand feet above, um, one mile, one statuette mile horizontal which just means that's how much space you have between yourself and the clouds. And each airspace is a little bit different, um, such as if you're in Bravo, which is the most restrictive, it's going to be three statute mile flight visibility and clear of clouds. So like we said, each airspace is going to be different. Um, so VFR is kind of a broad term that we generally use, meaning it's, it's a good day to fly if it's VFR weather. And when we refer to IFR, that's instrument flight rules. So typically IFR weather means that we have clouds, fog, anything that's obscuring your visibility, um, or it's just weather that you're not going to be able to go fly in with just a private pilot license, which comes after the private pilot license is going to be your instrument rating. And instrument rating refers to instrument flight rules, which means that once you have an instrument rating, it's weather that, weather permitting still, you're able to fly in. 
Um, so you're going to be kind of following those instrument flight rules when the weather's IFR. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually love flying IFR, by the way. Um, instrument flight rules is a lot of fun. Um, you heard from Austin in a previous podcast when he did his first IFR flight. Uh, so IFR is a lot of fun to fly in and, and it, it makes you a sharper, better pilot. So there's also quite a few acronyms we use in the cockpit, whether we're flying IFR or VFR, uh, especially surrounding flight training. Uh, so the first one is CFI, which we say in almost every episode, and that's a certified flight instructor. That's what I am. Um, I put flight instructor in our, in our intro, but I'm a certified flight instructor. I'm actually a certified flight instructor for um, airplanes, for instrument ratings, and also for multi-engine aircraft. So sometimes you'll hear CFII, that's CFII, or MEI, multi-engine flight instructor. So some of those acronyms you may hear as well. Um, another one is ATC, air traffic control. Now, this one is near and dear to my heart because they're the people that keep us really safe in the air. Uh, we've got people for ground and tower control at our local towered airports, uh, which are typically Class Delta, Charlie, Bravo airports. Uh, then we have approach and departure, which are normally around like major metropolitan areas uh, that their air traffic control. And then we also have center controllers. Um, and these are all people who are part of ATC. And a center controller will will do kind of in between major cities. Uh, so if we're going to Las Vegas from Southern California, you would take off with your ground and tower controller. Then you would go to an approach or departure controller center, and then back to approach and departure and then back to tower and ground. So ATC is really important. Another one's PIC and SIC. PIC is pilot in command and SIC is second in command. So pilot in command means you're the captain of the airplane. You're the one controlling the aircraft. You have sole manipulation of the controls and you are the pilot in command of that airplane. Uh, SIC is second in command. And most aircraft that require two pilots are typically uh, jets or something that requires a type rating. So that's where you can get SIC time. And there are also a lot uh, that we use regarding the instrument panel that are worth mentioning as well. We all know what GPS, uh, but there's also other ones like VSI, OAT, VORs, DME, uh, HSI, and things like that. So GPS is Global Positioning System. We use that in our everyday lives. They're on our cell phones. They're in our aircraft. They're all over the place. Uh, VSI is Vertical Speed Indicator. And that tells us if we're going up or down in the aircraft, what we're trending in the aircraft. Uh, OAT is outside air temperature. So we want to know what the outside air temperature is, because if we're flying instrument flight rules or IFR, uh, then we want to make sure that we're not going to encounter any icing or something like that. So we need to know what our outside air temperature is. The next one is VOR, which is a really, really long-winded uh, abbreviation, actually. It's very high-frequency omnidirectional range. Uh, and we have that as an indicator uh, in a lot of our aircraft, especially our, especially our older aircraft. And now they're, they're set up in digital form in some newer aircraft with glass cockpits and things like that. Uh, DME was, is distance measuring equipment. Uh, there's less and less aircraft with DME installed in it anymore. Uh, I know some King radios, a lot of King radios had it in the past and King radio stacks. But now it's kind of integrated into most GPS systems. And then the HSI is a horizontal situation indicator. It really combines the heading indication with VOR GPS directional capability, to put it in a nutshell. It's a really neat, 
neat tool that you can use in a in an aircraft. And I love airplanes with HSI. It just puts everything into one little section uh, for you to look at basically one thing without having to look all over your panel. Simple as always more for sure. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I, I love glass cockpits for that reason. Everything's just so simplified all in one spot. Um, that's pretty much why I fly the, the arrow as much as I do. And you know, there's quite a few other acronyms that we use. Uh, a lot of them are actually pertain to weather. And weather isn't anybody's favorite subject unless you're Brandon who spent so much time learning about it that he loves to teach it now. <laughs> 100%. I love weather. Uh, it's the one thing that can kill you in aviation if you're not careful with it. So, yeah, I love weather. <laughs> uh, and, and weather is actually something that I started to like to teach. Um, not so much to learn about as I, as I go through my instrument rating and learn more and more. Uh, it just gets more complicated. But going back to the the private pilot level, it's something I love to teach and talk about with other student pilots. Um, and going through METARs and TAFs, those are just some of the fun things I enjoy. And some of the acronyms, acronyms that I learned along the way didn't totally make sense to me um, until a little bit later. And, for example, we get our weather from the ATIS, the Automated Terminal Information Service. And that provides a broadcast of all of our weather information. Uh, an airport has everything from wind direction to wind velocity, for the pressure in the air, the rain, the temperature, the dew point. And that all comes in, in an automated weather report. It's a continuous broadcast, and you can either dial in from your phone even uh, to a phone number that they have for that specific airport. Or most often when we're in the airplane, we just tuned it out on the radio. And that's how we get the current weather information. And when you go to you know bigger airports, especially ones with towers, you're going to find that you're going to have a letter assigned to it. And every hour, the tower controllers, the ATC, is responsible for keeping that weather up to date. And as they give you the most current weather information, they have a kind of call and response. So at the end of the weather, it tells you you have information uniform or delta, whatever the, the next letter in the alphabet is from when it started. And when you give them a call and uh, you tell them who you are, where you are, go through all that, when you're coming into their airspace, one of the things that you also want to mention is I have weather information than whatever the letter is. Um, and you're going to find all that information all condensed in the ATIS. And we're also going to get the METAR, which is the Meteorological Aerodrome Report. And that gives us the weather at an airport, um, or we're also going to find the TAF, the Terminal Aerodrome Forecast, which gives us the weather for a 10 statute mile radius from a larger airport. And the TAF is going to be found at the larger airports, usually the Bravos and Charlie, Charlies, um, those are the ones that are going to have a TAF. And usually you're going to fall into, especially in Southern California, you're going to fall into a smaller airport that's within the TAF radius. Um, so when you're looking at the weather, it's kind of giving an outlook at the weather and something that we kind of want to catch up um, as far as weathers in addition to the METAR. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a few other uh, weather-related ones as well that I really like, Carson. Uh, one of my favorites are called PIREPs, and uh, those are pilot reports. And basically, if you're either on the ground, some they actually have in a lot of apps now. You can actually type in your PIREP and just upload it in a like, GPS location in. Uh, but those pilot reports are kind of invaluable, especially um, when flying in cold weather or in IFR or things like that, where you want to know what the cloud ceilings are. You want to know what the temperature and reality is in that particular location. So PIREPs are really, really important as well. And I always get mine off of 
aviationweather.gov, by the way. It's a fantastic resource. And uh, I go on it almost every day uh, uh, just because I like my weather so much. <laughs> you love it. All right, Brian, I have a, I have a quick question for you. So there's these, uh, these weather identifiers. They usually pop up um, somewhere usually closer to the end or usually near the, the rain part of the, uh, the METAR and the TAF. And there are all these ones like BR, um, which means mist, but we like to call it baby rain. Um, so how many of these do you actually know? I know there's a huge list of them and they keep going on forever. It seems like I know a lot of them. Um, F U smoke, uh, BR, uh, I call it baby rain, but it really, it really means, it really <laughs> means mist. Um, I know a lot of them actually, uh, I'll, I'll kind of go through a few of them real quick and, and tell us all what they are. Yeah, go for it. I'd love to hear them. <laughs> Well, there's, there's a really long list of them. I'll mention just a few that I can kind of think of off the top of my head that are really uh, interesting that you can read on a METAR or a TAF report, which uh, BKN, uh, which is broken or cloud layer. Uh, we've got OVC, which is an overcast cloud layer. Uh, SCT, scattered clouds. Uh, SKC, which is skies are clear. Uh, CLR, which means sky is clear. Also, it means sky is clear, but... Uh, at or below 12,000 feet AGL. Um, And AGL means above ground level. So that's another one we can throw in there. AGL and MSL. AGL above ground level and MSL is mean sea level. So we also have few and we have SFC, which Foxtrot Zulu, uh, for freezing. Uh, We've got HC for hail, or sorry, haze. We've got it for haze. We've got DU for dust, DZ for drizzle, um, BL for blowing, FU for smoke, TS for thunderstorm, uh, SN for snow, VA for volcanic ash, which I don't see that one very often. Uh, but there's a ton of them uh, that are out there. I mean, they've even got some other ones that are typically in the comment section, um, like prob, P-R-O-B, and they'll have a number off of it at the end of it. So it means like the probability of rain would be 40%. So if it says prob 40 or something like that. There's WS for wind shear. Um, there's auto, which means it was an automatic reporting system. Uh, and my personal favorite is uh, Kavu, uh, which is CAVU, Ceiling Invisibility Unlimited. So there's a ton of them in there, actually. Yeah, and we're not going to get too much into how to read uh, TAFs and METAR as much as I love love talking about that. But there's a couple other things that, that you should keep in mind when you're reading these. Um, there's another important one, VC in the vicinity. So a lot of times in Southern California, we'll get uh, TS, VC, and I, I kept asking, I kept asking, what was this? What was this? Uh, it just means thunderstorm in the vicinity. So it means somewhere around us is, is a thunderstorm. And uh, another important one is there's going to be modifiers as well. Um, so a, a minus sign, a plus sign um, is going to mean light for the minus sign and, and plus sign is going to mean heavy. So usually precipitation is going to be rain. So you're going to see... Um, the rain then plus or rain then minus. And it's going to mean light or, you know, light or heavy. Yeah, absolutely. I think one day we'll actually do a full episode on uh, just reading METARs and TAFs because it's really interesting and there's a lot to learn and a lot to know about reading METARs, TAFs, and other aviation weather uh, reports and stuff. But the last two things I want to bring up are pretty important, actually, and that's why I saved them for last. And those are TFRs and NOTAMs. Uh, so a NOTAM, uh, it used to be called uh, Notices to Airmen, uh, but now they're called Notice to Air Missions. 
And they're typically a notice containing essential information to personnel connected with flight operations, um, but not known far enough advanced to be publicized by other means. So they're just uh, things that may be happening kind of off the cuff or something that the uh, airport needs to let you know right away. Or it could be, hey, they're having an air show and they have a note to mouth that says, hey, you can't fly into this air show uh, because the airport's closed uh, for the air show, something like that. And then the other one that I was talking about is TFR, uh, which is temporary flight restriction. Uh, temporary flight restrictions are typically used when uh, like the president comes to town or there's a uh, baseball game or a football game or, or something like that around a large uh, grouping of people. They just want to keep people away from that. That way it's a little bit safer. And a lot of those those football games and baseball games and stuff, they normally have helicopters uh, flying around with cameras on it and, and different things like that. And they also don't want people just flying drones and, and different aircraft into that area, uh, kind of disturbing the, the public at large. Yeah, and one of the other things that we talked about with TFRs, um, a lot of them that we get are actually fire TFRs, uh, just to create a safe environment for firefighting activity, especially the aero stuff. Um, and a lot of the things that TFRs do are just meant to keep you safe and keep everybody safe involved. Yeah, 100%. Just like uh, when we talked to Ryan on a couple episodes ago about uh, his job, he flies inside of the fire TFR uh, and that's why it's there. It's to make sure that he has a safe, uh, safe flight and make sure they can fight that fire uh, appropriately. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of the acronyms that we use, they can absolutely be intimidating. Uh, acronyms and abbreviations, for some reason, pilots love them more than everybody else. And, uh, you know, it's really important that you learn them. And especially as you keep going through flight training or if you already finished through all your flight training. Uh, you're going to pick up on more and more just the more you're around the pilot environment and around aviation, around flight training. Um, you're just going to pick up on them and you're going to start to use them as much as we do. So I hope we made some sense of these basic ones today and we'll certainly hit on some more ones later. And by the way, if you're a brand new pilot or a student pilot and you're worried about all the acronyms that we threw at you today, don't worry. There's a hundred more, uh, but you don't have to memorize all of them. Uh, you'll get them over time and there's certain things you have to know. Uh, but you don't have to know them all right away. So don't let it uh, scare you or, or anything like that. Just know that you'll get through it. And it's part of, part of learning and becoming a pilot. And we're really excited for you to be able to use these terms uh, with others and with us. Uh, and if you'd like to reach out to either one of us, like always, you can reach us at Twitter or Instagram at Mr. Martini Guy. Or you can reach Carson at Carson underscore AV17. And as a wrap-up for the day, remember, here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. Thanks, guys.